0: With God above us, God beside us, and God within us. Amen. This morning's gospel begins with John the Baptist. John is featured at the beginning of all four gospels. His ministry serves to connect the Old Testament and the Old Prophets to the New Testament and Jesus. John explains to us that his role in this godly story is to make a path in the wilderness for the coming of the Lord. In today's language, we might say (coughs) that John rejoices and embraces his role as advance man for Jesus. John has already baptized Jesus when our reading begins. And he testifies to all that I saw, the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. This is the Son of God. And then choosing to diminish his own importance in this moment, he reminds us that he baptizes with water. But Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. John is seeking no personal glory, no personal fame, no personal power. He is giving all the credit and all the glory to Jesus. A few weeks ago, we heard the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, going to visit her cousin Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, And together, these women celebrated and gave thanks for the miraculous babies that they were carrying. As their boys grow older, they follow different paths for their lives. Jesus learns the vocation of his earthly father, staying closer to home and learning a trade. John chooses to live a life of almost monastic simplicity, living in the desert, existing on what God provides, becoming a religious man who preaches and baptizes for the forgiveness of sins. John the baptizer has his own followers, his own disciples, yet he knew and he proclaimed that he was not the chosen one. Yet, he was a holy man and he was a prophet of God. So just what is a prophet, and what do they do? We find many of them in the Old Testament with names like Moses, Jeremiah, we heard words from Isaiah this morning, Micah, and Elijah, to name a few. Do you think that becoming a prophet was something that a child of that time simply decided one evening after career day at the temple that they got home and said to mom, Hey, I want to be a prophet when I grow up. Well, I think we would agree that that's probably not how it works. I believe that God calls these special people to speak for him. And I believe that most of them probably resisted a lot before they finally said here I am lord kind of like you and me when god is nudging or pulling us or maybe even madeline is to do something that we've never done before prophets attracted followers and dissenters alike They have personalities that can stir people's emotions and change people's minds and change their hearts. They rarely praise the status quo. They challenge it. And sometimes they annoy us in their persistent demand for change. Human resistance to change can be quite stubborn, as you probably know. There was and is a power in God's prophets, a power that has attracted many individuals throughout history who have not heard the call of God, but seek only personal glory and personal power. A few nights ago, I was watching my annual viewing of The Wizard of Oz. I was watching it with my 12-year-old granddaughter, who frankly, in a few days, will be Dorothy in her school musical. (laughs) We were both watching it, therefore, with a little bit more intense attention than we normally would have. And we noticed things we'd never noticed before in The Wizard of Oz. Probably knowing the reading for today, it also influenced my viewing of the show. But it had never occurred to me But the wizard is the type of false prophet. He proclaims with terrifying special effects, I am Oz the Great and Powerful. And everybody trembles. The people of Emerald City fear him and they fear his powers. They worship him as their leader and even their god. He has complete power behind those towering walls. And yet, when the thin curtain that hides him is pulled back by a little dog, we find out that the wizard is really a hoax. He's a traveling salesman who hungers to be powerful and revered. Not all people who seek power, speak for God. Human history has known many that only spoke for themselves. Tomorrow we will celebrate a national holiday in honor of a hero and a contemporary prophet, Martin Luther King, Jr. Today, after church, we will make signs which some of us will carry in the annual march downtown to honor him. There aren't many prophets that I can think of that we make signs for. Some of us here today are old enough, a goodly number of us looking at you all, myself included, to remember Martin Luther King Jr., And we also remember well the tumultuous days of the 1950s and the 1960s. Days where we saw fear and violence and hate and yearning and hope and God's love. Sadly, these are issues we still live with today. Not everyone saw Martin Luther King as a prophet when he lived. Like John the Baptist, he had both followers and dissenters. Frequently, it takes time for us to process and see God at work, even in a prophet. King was a very gifted prophet who was dedicated to correcting the status quo of the time. A status quo that was filled with inequality, prejudice, and painful and even deadly discrimination. It was not a time like the old TV show Happy Days would have us believe for everyone who lived in America. What set Martin Luther King apart from the previous charismatic powerful men of his century was his purpose. He did not point to himself for glory but he constantly focused it on God. Like John the Baptist, Martin Luther King sought to create a path in the wilderness of the world, a path that could lead us forward towards God and away from our own selfish and material lives. Martin Luther ultimately sought to bring this nation together, to unite us. He lifted us with his inspirational speeches, sharing his dreams for America, not his nightmares. Dreams that we could be a better country, a more loving people. Or as the prophet Amos said, a place where justice could roll down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. King pushed us to be better than we were then. And you and I know he still pushes us to be better than we are today. In our gospel reading, after John proclaims to all that here is the Lamb of God, two of his disciples immediately turn and leave him to follow Jesus. I believe that John probably smiled at that, and he probably gave thanks as they walked away. And as Jesus walks on ahead, his first two disciples are a few feet behind following him. I suspect that Jesus heard them whispering to each other, for heaven's sakes, why would they not have? Or maybe he heard their sandals crunching on the rocky path. But he stopped and he turned around and he looked at them. And he simply asked, What do you want? This morning, I think that Jesus is asking each of us that very same question. What do you want? What do we want? What kind of world and nation do you want to leave your children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren? A world closer to the kingdom of God with peace and justice for all mankind? A world that respects God's creation? Or is this the best we can do? Martin Luther King may have answered this question with these words. With faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discord of our nation into a beautiful symphony. With faith. Transform, discord, symphony. That is a call to prayer and a call to action. A recognition that with God's help, each of us here can make this world a more loving and righteous place for all. John the Baptist and prophets like Martin Luther King have created the path in our wilderness for us to follow. May we have the faith and the conviction to step forward onto that path and not just stand by and watch. To follow Jesus and to do the work he has given us to do. In the name of the Father,